Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99 at participating U.S. restaurants. Price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, and one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time, Bully Ray and I have two amazing guests. Mickey James, your knockouts champion and an entrant in the Royal Rumble just coming up in less than two weeks, joins us here on the Busted Open Podcast. And also Matt Cardona before his big match with Joey Janela at a sold-out Hammerstein Ballroom on Sunday right here on the Busted Open Podcast. Mickey James, who joins us here on Busted Open. Mickey, good morning. How are you today? I'm so good. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to Mickey. see you. It's, smi- it's good to see you smiling, a smile from ear to ear. You look happy. You look fantastic. You. It's great having you. I on. try to always be smiling, you know? You got to fake it to make it sometimes. But <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's my, I think that's what my wife does from time to time. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad you said it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mickey, what's new? A lot. A lot. Life is good. Yeah. Mickey, I wanted wanted to ask you a couple of questions uh, about the Rumble. uh, And I'd like to go back to the phone call. Like, when you got the call, did you have a heads up that maybe you were going to get a call? Or was it just a cold call? Did you see the 203 from Stanford and pick it up? And, you know, and how did the conversation go? Um, I actually, because Johnny had called Scott first to talk to Scott, you know, to see if it was something that was doable with an impact and all the things. So Scott had already talked to me about it and run it by me to see, kind of get my feelings on it. Um, so I kind of thought it was an idea. And so when I saw Johnny calling, I was like, oh, yay, they're going to go for it, hopefully. So, okay. Yeah. And, and when you had the conversation with Johnny, who does the WWE want at the Royal Rumble? Do they just want the version of Mickey James that the WWE has come to know and love? Or do we get to see the WWE's version plus the Impact Women's World Champion? I would, that's what I would hope for. And I think that, you know, obviously the interest was for Mickey James the legend or for WWE Mickey James. Um, and I think that, you know, they want to do this rumble different and big and, and kind of do it up. And um, I don't know. I just feel like for me, where I'm at right now is I'm the knockouts 
world champion. So that Mickey James, hardcore country, Mickey James, that is who I am. And I feel like it's always been in there as a part of who I am. It's just that I've been able to really portray that character and just be her with impact, you know, Did even you, the first time. By any chance, were you able to explain to them that you'd like the people to know, maybe during your entrance, you'd like the people to know this or pop, possibly having the championship uh, belt represented during anything above and beyond what the WWE universe has, has come to know about you? Um, I think it's pretty important. I feel like the fact that Pat, we, you know, Pat's already mentioned it on television and referred to me as the knockouts world champion. That was really powerful. And so um, I intend to walk out with the championship. That's definitely, you know, I feel like that's representing the company and that I work for now and that I am the champion for. Um, and it's really cool to have this crossover moment for the first time really in history, uh, especially for the women, you know, um, where a different world champion and the idea of like dream booking matches of champion versus champion and all these now people can actually think of these as you know, a valid possibility on either side. So it's just a really, really cool thing. And it's, um, you know, the cool, the, it's really awesome to be the person that it's happening with. So especially, you know, considering all the things, but um, yeah, it's weird. Irony, what yeah. a year can do, you know? And less than a year, because, in you know, less than a year ago, we had you on the show and, you know, things, it wasn't a great exit. And we talked about it and there was tears and there was emotions but you got to feel good coming back. You got to feel like you're, you know, your chin up and head up high because, you know, NWA in power, the, the classic matches with Deanna Perrazzo, uh, you, you know, you're coming in there as knockouts champion. You're a much different Mickey James than the one that left the WWE under a year yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I feel like too, uh, it was important for me to not have that incident be the thing. You know, like I, I feel like I, I did some incredible work there at WWE and for whatever reason it, you know, but that's the thing is that door is never really closed. And I just hate it having that bad blood or having that weird, I just don't want that. I didn't want that asterisk. If you know what I mean? Like a, mm -hmm. I've had all these cool matches and all these cool moments, but it was overshadowed by this one thing, which sucked. And I'm glad it was like, it's not going to happen anymore. And it sucked, but it wasn't like I was the only person it happened to. And I think that, um, at the end of the day, my dream was always to have been there and to do all of these monumental things that I was able to do there. And I just didn't want to be known for the other thing, you know? And so this is something cool and different that if it is the last thing, then it's a cool, pretty cool last thing, yep. you know? Mickey, as an older veteran, I can refer to you as an older veteran. And you know, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. <laughs> We're just older veterans in the business. That being said, why do you think a company like Impact treats an older veteran the way they do, as opposed to the way the WWE treats older veterans the way they do? Um, you know, I don't know. And because, it, you know, being there, I feel like I'll, there are veterans who get tons of respect and stuff. But, you know, there is that part of once you hit like that whatever because they're always trying to build their younger audience right like they age up their audience every 10 years we go back and we're trying to cap they're trying to capture this core group where that's where i think other wrestling companies have been able to come in because then they can start capturing some of that key demographic that the other that wwe doesn't really hone in on um i don't know i don't know i mean i'm having a great time at impact and i feel like you know uh 
I'm getting a lot of opportunities and ideas and I have more creative kind of uh, control over what I'm doing in that sense and to be able to have more fun and like liberation within the promos and stuff like that just where and maybe that's a thing of because I you know I love hardcore country and I feel like that is the closest niche to me but um, even when I went back with WWE, I feel like I went back on this real high and I was so excited, but as these things happen, you start to get discouraged and you start second guessing yourself. And I think all of those things, and then the, the, like, you almost forget who you are for a minute, you know, and it, it breeds like that mentality. And it's really after all of this now sitting back in like a less than a year, like you say, of all of these things happening and, um, feeling my own worth again, you know, and kind of standing in that it's just, it's really cool. I don't know. I mean, it, it's it, and probably our audience is listening. They're like, "This is Mickey James. She's you know future Hall of Famer. She's one of the greatest. She's a legend." I, I can't buy into the fact that she, uh, you know, didn't feel the way she does now, or there was confidence issues, or you're doubting yourself. But I think anybody would doubt themselves in that situation when you're not being used that the way that you feel you should be used, you are going to doubt yourself. But yeah. I mean, I'm so I happy. Think we all do. I think yeah. we all do. And we all have been through that because I think you, we have so much love and passion for this business. And especially when it comes to our character and how, and it's not even in a selfish way of like, Oh, this, but it's like how you can develop these stories and help build these other characters and like make good television. And, and I guess sometimes when those things don't align and when you're like, Whoa, it's, it's constantly shot down or whatever. Um, you kind of feel like, oh, well, am I not thinking right? Or if this isn't in line with, you know, what they're, I, you just kind of get off kilter a bit and it kind of can, can get at you. And and uh, I don't think that's just me personally. I think that's anybody who has a passion in anything, you know, if it's, you get told no a bunch or if it's just not, if you're not feeling good about it, it can kind of weigh on you a bit, you know? I, I also think, Mickey, they needed you. Like, I think they needed you in this situation because, the Rumble sells itself. Bully will tell you too. Like when it comes to the Rumble, that those Rumble matches sell oh, itself. But there wasn't a lot of buzz going into the Royal Rumble this year. As a matter of fact, I mean, you're one of the few things that is buzzworthy about the Royal Rumble this year. You created that. And when as soon as Pat McAfee said your name on SmackDown, Twitter blew up. So it's got to feel good that not only you're coming back. But you, and not only did you able to able to prove that, hey, I don't need you. I could be successful without you. And then also you're bringing me back to create a bit of a buzz for a, for an event like the Royal. It's got to feel pretty good. Yeah, I, it's I must amazing. Say. No, it's amazing. I didn't think it was going to get the reaction um, that it did. I mean, it kind of blew up bigger than I thought. You hope, you know, for to get a little buzz. But uh, yeah, it was amazing. And I think. Um, I don't know. I was hoping for the surprise. I thought the surprise would have been good, but there's still more surprises. So then that kind of makes me wonder who's mm. going to be the surprises then, you know, because that was a pretty big thing to announce like two weeks out. Um, and I was on a list of a long, like Lita's on there, the Bella's like, so it's going to be, I feel like the girls, how many more spots are there? 10. I mean, keep my eyes on because I really do want to win, you know, this, this could be huge. <laughs> and, and winning would be a huge victory for you, obviously. But in, 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 in so many ways, you have already won. A, you got the phone call. The fact that they wanted you back is a big deal. The fact that Pat McAfee is putting you over and acknowledging you on SmackDown is a big deal. You're going to get a nice payday. That's a big deal and a victory in itself. What happens if you get there and they tell you, Mickey, five minutes in and out? 
are do you still look at this as a victory or are you kind of is that a kick in the ass like you've kind of come to expect when dealing with them at times um i think you know you never know what to expect right like there's always the potential for anything um if it's five minutes, I'll make the best of the five minutes and make it awesome. You know, um, that's what I always say to Violetta. Yeah. <laughs> ah! <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think it's going to be great. And I think no matter what happens, it's still a pretty monumental thing to yeah. have done and to do that night. And it's going to be huge regardless. And I still think that there's going to be some awesome surprises. And so I'm excited about being back for it and being asked back for it and to even be in this position um, because I think it's important. And I thought it was, uh, it's really cool for them to still go back and show the love and respect for my career, no matter what, all things considered in that aspect, hopefully so. But how good <laughs> does it feel to say that, that like uh-huh. January of 2022, this might be the best month of my career? Yeah, that's insane. You think about like, that's insane for as long as I've been doing it. And I, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's really, really crazy. And I think, um, you know, that Texas death match. I've not, I don't do hardcore matches. It's definitely not my strength. It's not something that I'm familiar with. I've done them before, but it's always been for a payoff or a thing. Um, but it was a lot of fun. It was so different. And I think, um, you know, Deanna is just incredible. And she really, no matter what, whether you storylines, all the bad blood in the ring, technically, like she's one of the best out there I've ever been in the ring with. And I think that it was the perfect payoff to our story. And with the, um, the women's match, you know, starting off the show and then ending the show, I think in these two historic matches was a really, really powerful thing. And I know that impact hadn't really announced it because they were just going to let it play out. And I thought that was super progressive. And I know I felt like I just didn't want, because Deanna and I had worked so hard to get there that they made this announcement the night before the pay-per-view, which I'm sure helped the pay-per-view, but I was also, we knew that we were going to be the main event, you know, like two weeks ago, a week before that. And it was, uh, and so we were super stoked about it. And I didn't want the announcement to step over the match, if that makes sense, because Mm -hmm. I knew it was going to be an awesome match. And um, yeah. Yeah. Mickey, two part question here. So would you agree that being in the WWE educated you um, to the highest levels of entertainment and psychology when it came to pro wrestling? Um. Yes, yes and no. I think that I've learned a lot in every place that I've been, you know. Um, I feel like for fine-tuning and the working aspect of it, I felt like OVW probably prepared me the most for that, for just being able to think on my feet more and trust myself more within the in-betweens. But definitely the television aspect work of it, I think I honed in on WWE. But then when I was able to go, like even my first impact run i felt like i had more freedom then so my promos got even stronger and better as the first run of hardcore country so um i don't know i still feel like i'm learning all the time like i still you know with with all of the knowledge that you garnered in ovw in the wwe or that first impact run how do you feel like the current crop of women in the knockouts division are when it comes to being open-minded to everything that you have learned Um, I think they're very open-minded actually, you know, uh, the girls today are just because they all train to be wrestlers for the most part. Like, it's just, it's 
it's great to see, but the, it is like their whole game is leveled up in a sense of they do a lot more shit than we used to do. And so, um, yeah, but when I've just kind of talked to them about whether it's, I only speak when they ask me, honestly, if someone asks me for advice, I'll always give advice, but I don't kind of just, unless it was something glaring that I just can't not say nothing about, um, which happens obviously, you know, but for the most part, I don't kind of just volunteer that information because like you said, I, you don't know how it's going to be perceived or how they're going to take it. And people can get sensitive, um, you know, when you're criticizing their work and their, their thing, you know, um, and I would only do it from a loving place because I want this to be better, you know, and I just, I hate bad wrestling. So it's hard to watch. So I just want it to be better and them to be better. Um, and I'm sure you've had that. Sure. Well, like, like in that sense, sure. like you try to, you know, so I just don't give free willing advice anymore. I actually think it's your duty to give that free willing advice, whether or not younger talent want to. And that's just my opinion, because because the 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 veterans who truly understand and who get it, I believe. It's their job to pass it down. And when that younger talent may get mad or say, or oh, what the hell does she know? Or, you know, she, whatever could come back. You have the resume, you have the pedigree. And I believe that younger wrestlers today, because of social media, they'll mm-hmm. listen to social media entirely too much as opposed to the woman who has the championships uh, around her waist and the zeros in her bank account to prove that, hey, the way I did it was the right way. You might want to be a little bit more open-minded to this. Right. Just my opinion. (laughs) No, that's, and that's how I was brought in. I just, you know, close your mouth, open your ears and listen, listen, listen. So um, I definitely get that. But at the same time, I've had those moments where I feel like it was going in one ear and out the other. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not wasting my time on someone. I I don't have time to waste because I'm working on my own shit. So I don't have time to waste to drop this knowledge if you don't want it. And if like, you'll get a million opinions, but you know, I think they're all valid. And even when I go back and I, from the camps that I did or did any of that stuff, like I've picked up bits and pieces from people all through the journey. You know what I mean? And so all that advice was really, really important, but I always asked people too. I asked a lot of people to please watch my match. If they were there, if they had made money in the business, if they had been somewhere, if they had done something, if I thought that they could help me, you know, get better, I just kept asking. And some, I'm sure I annoyed a lot of people. And, uh, but at the end of the day, it, got me better so you know uh mickey talk about listening i hope nick is listening to you because you're the champ of the family now you know you're the one that's holding that championship title last i checked i mean trevor murdoch is still your nwa champion so i hope that i hope you're giving some of this advice that you're giving to the impact roster you're giving that to nick you know, I yeah. hope, you know, you know, how to carry the championship, how to retain the championship, how to defend the right. championship. I hope you're having these conversations with sure. your husband. Oh, every day, every day. <laughs> I mean, he's currently downstairs working out in the garage. So, mm-hmm. and I told him he has, you know, an hour to just pump it. Yeah, he's, I mean, I <laughs> got to take advice from the champion, right? If you want right. to be a champion, you got to take advice from a champion. Just say it. <laughs> This it, it, wrestling relationships are always interesting. How often do you disagree on your views of wrestling? Um, 
we I'm sure that we do we do disagree we try not to talk unless it's like involving and you know we have to have that's the balance of not talking about wrestling all the time you know um because we that I feel like that was when we probably had most of our arguments when it was wrestling conversations all the time because we do have differing opinions and um I think we I mean, psycho like psychologically wise, I think that we do kind of think in line on different payoffs. Um, but yeah, uh, for the business wise, yeah, I mean, I think we are on point for most of it, but we also kind of limit our conversations to either storylines that we're doing together or, you know. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I don't critique his matches, you know. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't critique mine either. He, he knows, like, I'm like, oh, there's this one thing. And he goes, that I'm just kind of still beating myself up about is me. And he's like, oh, I know. <laughs> and that's all it's, That's all that happens. Well, Mickey, I know you're really busy. It's Dolly Parton's birthday, so I'm sure you got it something planned for It is Dolly's that. birthday. Unbelievable. Yeah, so he's happy birthday animal. to Dolly Parton. I just want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe if things work out at the Royal Rumble, there might be a Mickey James amusement park one day. Oh, like, sweet. Do, do, you know, Mickey's world. Dolly like, you know, will Mickey, thank you thank so much you. for the time. We appreciate oh, thank it. Thank you so much. Y'all have a great day. Hey, everyone. Lindsay Rhodes here. And if you love football, you're going to love my podcast, The NFL Roadshow. With episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we cover every NFL angle and talk to guests from across the NFL world, Hall of Famers, analytics nerds. And I say that lovingly as someone who wants to be an analytics nerd very badly. Fantasy football experts, all of it. They're discussions you're not going to find anywhere else. So please subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app included with most subscriptions. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. 
With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The one and only Matt Cardona. Matt, good morning and thanks for joining the show. Oh, good morning. Thanks for having me. I love that. That entrance music, it really starts my day in a great way. What do you say to the fans on social media that have tweeted you or are saying that you disrespected ECW, disrespected Rhino, and disrespected the television championship? Listen, I, I love ECW. I'm an ECW original, brother. It's <laughs> you, me and you, baby. ECW originals. Uh, I did not. I did not want to throw the ECW TV title in the trash, but... I'm always ready. I knew that cease and desist was coming. Um, and, and, you know, kind of like when, when Kylo Ren just had to kill his father, like he knew what he had to do. He, he just didn't know if he had the strength to do it. And that's how I felt having to drop that title on the trash. I didn't want to. It was, it was no sign of disrespect. I didn't want to get sued. Dave, Dave, why do you roll your eyes when why can't you say, makes like, a like, why can't hey, Let you me say finish so my sentence, prick face. Why do you roll your eyes when Cardona makes a perfectly accurate Star Wars analogy. Why can't you use something cool like, you know, Michael Corleone taking out Fredo? Something along those lines. Why does it have to be Star Wars? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think there's anything cooler than Star Wars. That's just my opinion. I agree. All right, Matt, well, I got you here. How much can I get for this really cool uh, Bubba Dudley action figure with the bat? <laughs> And look at this motion and stuff. Like, do I got something here or what do I got here? Well, I mean, no, that, that's a great figure. What would be worth money? And I've talked to Bully about this. At, I believe it's a toy fair from years ago. The prototype of that figure, Bully's just like in trucks. And like he's naked. just, and, and, and the way he's holding the figure, it looks like it's just a naked bully in his hand. I'm trying to track down that prototype figure. That would be worth some big bucks. All the How chicks want it. All the How chicks want it coming up. <laughs> Yep. How about this Birthday. Tommy Valentine's Dreamer? Valentine's Day is around the corner. Naked bully. Battery's optional, girls. <laughs> How about the Tommy Dreamer figure with abs? Like, yeah, I, I would know. think that Tommy's has to be worth some money. No? no. Tommy has been telling uh, Brian Myers and I for years that he has these unreleased ECW prototypes from the 90s at his house, but has yet to take a picture, yet to bring them to a show. So <laughs> I got to I gotta see these things with my own eyes because I don't necessarily believe it. I wouldn't believe it. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, uh, let Matt, me ask you this. Okay. You cracked your wife over the head with a steel chair. Accidentally. Uh, what a, so, <laughs> so you say. Yeah, fact, yeah. It looked accidental. Yeah. But uh, did you lay your shit in just a little bit? Listen, I, Arne Anderson once told me that I am too pretty, that I have to be snug. You know, and I'm sure a lot of the boys will uh, agree with that. Not that I'm too pretty, but that I'm snug. Uh, You're so, a little snug. Yeah, I'm a little snug. I think I, bust, I definitely busted you open once, Bubba. Yeah, you did. Yeah, big pop from the boys, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I was trying to protect her. I tried to pull it last second when I realized it was her, but I was already swinging. 
So with all this freedom that you have, um, and everything that you're doing, and even recently you called out, you know, Mick Foley for a potential death match. Like you're, like you're really living the dream right now, huh? Listen, I mean, in the, uh, no one's gonna do it for me. I have to. I, I don't want to say I'm the the self chosen one, but like I have. If I want to be a certain something, if I want to reach certain heights, listen. I have to do it myself and that's fine. I have no problem putting in the work and Hey, I might not get there. I might fail, you know, flat on my face, but at least I'm trying. And, and all I've wanted was opportunity. And now I, I'm creating opportunities. People are giving me opportunities. I'm seizing those opportunities. Um, it's just, it's just so much fun that like, you know, in a week period, I wrestled for the impact world title, had my first match in NWA and won the ECW TV title on a GCW show and threw it in the trash the next night all in seven days. So I'm, I'm staying very, very busy. What can fans expect from you versus Janela? Man, uh, I'm treating this like it's WrestleMania. And I know I'm putting out those, those, those tweets like game changer mania, but that's how I am treating this. This is going to be one of the biggest nights of my career. Uh, and maybe by the end of it, I will say it's the biggest night. You know, I, I can't predict the future, but I definitely have those, those goosebumps going in. Uh, this is a big match. It's kind of put up or shut up, not just for me, but for GCW, uh, slowly building up through 2021. And here we are, Hammerstein Ballroom um, sold out before a card was even announced. I think that's pretty damn impressive. Uh, so we have to deliver, all of us. And I make jokes a lot about how I'm so anti-GCW, something like that, but I'm not. Like I want this place to succeed. Uh, I know everyone in the locker room is hungry. I know, like, just everyone wants is I wasn't there for the real ECW. I can only imagine it's very similar. But, man, we just want to succeed. Do you feel like GCW borrows too much from ECW? Well, I mean, I definitely think if you look at wrestling right now, there's WWE, there's AEW. I would say that GCW is... The, a, the, 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 the ECW to the WWF and WCW. But yes, do they take a little bit too much? Like, for instance, like they're putting out these shirts for Hammerstein. It's kind of the ECW logo shirt. Like, listen, I know we're paying like respect. And I'll, I'll spoiler alert, my all the stuff I'm wearing at Hammerstein is going to be like ECW, like throwback stuff. But I, I think they have created their own, their own niche and their own market. And while still respecting ECW, I don't think it's necessarily stealing from it. I think they're I, I, to, I didn't say stealing. Yeah, I said yeah. borrowing. Yeah, I I know what you're trying to say. I don't think they're. I think they are doing their own thing while keeping that legacy alive. Uh, you're you're the vet on the card, correct? I mean, I would say that, but I just wrestled Ricky Morton at GCW. Okay, <laughs> but when it comes to the Hammerstein and your love for ECW yeah. and the respect you want to pay, have you already claimed the Sandman entrance? Listen, I uh, I thought about doing that Sandman entrance, that iconic entrance from Hammerstein. I don't know with all the rules now if someone could walk through the crowd these days. Trust me, I thought about it. I pitched it. I pitched it big time. Uh, and that's going to be another interesting thing about this show. You know, GCW is known for the, the death match and the blood and guts. <laughs> if you know anything about, like, the New York <laughs> Athletic Commission, some of that stuff's not going to fly. So... Um I can tell you just about everything you need to know about the New York State Athletic Commission <laughs> dealing with them firsthand. And yeah. I, I'm just agreeing with you. I'm not trying to be a buzzkill or rain on your parade. A lot of the stuff that GCW is known for is going to probably be a little bit difficult 
to pull off that night. So you're going to have to get really, really creative in the things that you do. But I, I think also just like ECW where some outsiders would think, oh, this is just hardcore blood guts. We know if you're a real fan and you were there, it was way more than that. So many different styles. And I feel like GCW is the same thing. Like when I first heard about GCW, I'm like, oh, this deathmatch shit. I don't want to do it. But then once I was there and I go to these shows, I realized, yes, that's just a small part of it is that deathmatch stuff. There's so like some of the stuff these guys can do, uh, you know, the athleticism. Then you have me who's just like walking out. Listen, I'm doing like old school wrestling. People like they just hate me. I, I don't even have to wrestle. I just talk and they hate me. So there's just so many different styles and there's something for everybody. Then we have guys like Jeff Jarrett coming in. Like he's not doing a death match with Effie, you know, so there's going to so much like going into it. And that's why I think a lot of people do, uh, you know, compare it to ECW because it, yes, there is the bloody violent stuff, but there's so much more, especially the passion. You know, Matt, um, the GCW fan base doesn't like you, but they definitely, <laughs> I think they definitely respect you. Also, and, you know, we've been kind of taking this journey with you on Busted Open, talking about you, talking about GCW. Before you uh, started working with GCW, not many people were talking about GCW. Bully, how much? How many times did we really talk about GCW on this show before Matt showed up? But Matt showed up, made an impact immediately, and then everybody was talking about it. I think, Matt, you got to give yourself a little bit of a pat on your back because I don't know if we would be getting the things that we're getting from GCW if it wasn't for you. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I love to take the credit, uh, but, you know, I can't take all the credit. Of course, the, the product had to, you know, show for itself once people tuned in. And I think that's, I'm not on every single show. I think, yes, the show, the thing I did with Nick Gage brought a lot of eyes, a lot of attention. And, and the numbers don't lie, like, it was trending number one on Twitter above UFC and Olympics that night. That's a pretty big deal. Um, and it hasn't trended number one since, you know, and I haven't been in a main event since. So that's, hey, Brett Lauderdale, you got to book me on top, baby. But um, I think the shows have been, they've been picking up. Everybody's been stepping it up. Everyone's been doing their own thing. Everyone's been trying to promote this, this Hammerstein show. Um, when, like I said, it sold out before there was a card announced. So I think everyone needs to take a little credit uh, and, and pat themselves in the back very Howard style because like we we did it we got this show to sell out but now the pressure is on now everyone's gonna be watching some fight some pay-per-view the people there like we have one chance to make this impression so we can't screw it up do you think matt after your appearance that there's a lot of of more mainstream wrestlers that Bro. are trying to create a buzz by jumping on the gcw bandwagon i, I tweeted this yesterday the amount of people trying to contact me to get into GCW, you might as well call me uh, Matty Ace, the head of TR for GCW. I'm like, I'm not the booker, man. I don't run the show, there, but there's so many. And I get it. It's cool. There's buzz. I do this show for GCW, which I guess technically is just a regular independent show. The amount of tweets and social media attention I get from it, you'd think I'd be doing like a WWE pay-per-view. You know, it, it, it's crazy. So I see why people want to do it. It's the, the place to be, but I don't, <laughs> I don't book talent. You know, you know, so I just I pass along names if I, if I think they'd be good, good here. But uh, it, it's wild. So many people have hit me up before and they weren't hitting up Brett Lauderdale before I got there. I'll tell you that. Matt, I, I've, I just finished reading Moxley's book, uh, which yep. I thought was fantastic. I put it over to the moon. He talks a lot about you in the book. Have you have you read the book yet? I have not read the book. Somebody uh, did say he mentioned me, but I haven't I haven't checked it out yet. 
Yeah, because, and, the, and the reason he mentioned you is he talked about your time in, in the WWE and how over you were in the WWE. And he repeated it, too. He's like, I don't think people realize how big you were in the WWE and how over you were at a time. But yet the WWE just never realized what they had in you and never used you the right way. When you look at what you're doing right now, and, and I think I might have even have interviewed you around WrestleMania 29, which was in your neck of the woods. And I was like, I can't believe you're not on the card. Like, you know, like you're as hot as anything. WrestleMania is in your neck of the woods and you're not featured. But like, is this kind of like not a middle finger? Because I don't think that's in your personality. But in a way, like I told you so. Is there a little bit of I, I told you so right now what you're doing? Listen, uh, I've said this, and I don't mean this as a an insult. WWE was my developmental, and that's not a shot at WWE. That is that everything that I learned there, the good and the bad, I'm using it now to make me succeed. Uh, the time that I had there, yes, yeah, so that that WrestleMania you're talking about. Do I wish I was on the show? Absolutely. Did things always go my way? No way. But I I'm as cheesy and corny and super positive as it sounds, I am very grateful for that entire journey, the good and the bad, because it's made me who I am today, the wrestler, the man, everything. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you if it wasn't for my time there. And I learned so much there. And that's what I think makes me stand out at GCW and all these other shows. It's because I know what I'm fucking doing. And I learned that in WWE. So I have no uh, ill will. I'm not bitter about my time there. It was a great time. It, Getting pushed off the stage in a wheelchair, yeah, sucked. Seeing like everything I built with the YouTube show, flush out the toilet, yeah, sucked. But I'm not gonna bitch and moan about it, you know. Like it's over. Uh, I- I'm just looking for the future. I'm I'm 36. I feel like I'm in the prime of my career. Maybe not even there yet. Uh, I'm surprising myself. I didn't start 2021 like with this plan. Like okay, and then I'm gonna do this deathmatch thing and turn into this this asshole deathmatch king. No, I'm just kind of rolling with it. And they're always ready. It's more than just this gimmick thing. It's it's how I live my whole life, my career. I'm just I'm just ready to capitalize on anything because I know that I'm not the chosen one, and that's fine. Not everyone can be, but I'm going to be the self chosen one, and I'm going to push myself. Someone's got to do it. And it's going to be me. Uh, to steal a line from the Godfather, Godfather Two. This is the business that we have chosen, and in this business, one day you can get pushed off the stage in a wheelchair and the next day you can be climbing the ladder and winning the intercontinental championship at WrestleMania with your dad in the front row. Absolutely. The highest of the highs, the lowest of the lows. And I cannot stand when guys and gals bad mouth the WWE, when this is what we have chosen, we are independent contractors and anything that can happen at any given time, you made a great living and you learned a lot and everything that all the, you took the negatives, you turned them into positives, you learned. And now at 36, you're having the time of your life, cracking your wife over the head with a steel chair, bleeding, finding pieces of glass in your back six months later and getting yourself over yet again. You're doing the number one thing a pro wrestler has to do first, getting over. And that's all that matters. And you're doing probably a better job of it on your own than the machine could have done for you or just about anybody else. I'm done blowing smoke up your ass. Well, I, I appreciate that. And I, I'm trying my best. And I listen, if, Dave, if you go back to some tweets 
from from that year, that WrestleMania year, I'm sure you'll find some negative, bitter tweets that I was, you know, Zack Ryder versus Cater WrestleMania. I was, I was, I was, I, it got to me, you know, I built myself up with this YouTube show. I saw it get taken away. Yes, I'm sure I invented the bitter, uh, negative tweet, right? But like, what's that going to do? Just being negative and tweeting negative stuff about wherever you work, whether it be wrestling company or whatever job you're at, it's not going to change your position. It's just not going to make you any happier, right? And I realized a long time ago that I can only, you know, worry about the things I can control. And in wrestling, it's crazy. There's, there's a small list, especially if you work for WWE. I told myself that I can control my physique, my gear, and my attitude. Everything else was like out of my control. Of course, I would pitch things, of course, but I don't write the show. So if they put me in a situation, I made sure I looked the best. I was always prepared, no matter what it was. And eventually, like Bully said, I went from getting pushed off the stage in a wheelchair to winning that IC title at WrestleMania. All because one day I was on, I think it was main event or superstars, one of those shows before Raw, and Vince was probably eating a steak in his office, like looked up and said, this guy's in shape. Why aren't we doing anything with this guy? So like, <laughs> that's how easy it happens. Dave, did you hear what he just said? Yes. It sounds ridiculous, but that's how it happens. You could, you could be there for years and you never get noticed. And then all of a sudden, one day, you get noticed and things change. That's why the always, you know, the always ready moniker, you know, the, the, being on the trampoline, being in the gym, always tan, always ready to go, always got that Jack Lanza starter kit spraying away, right. you know? <laughs> and, 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 and that's how he has gotten himself here. Right now in your career at 36 years old, where you're doing things where, hell, this is a sold out Hammerstein you know, in 2022, this is a huge event and a game changer. Excuse the pun, but this truly is a game changer when you look at this event, Matt. It's like, I, I was telling Chelsea, I said, listen, the show hasn't happened yet, but it's already my top five in my top five career moments. I and mean, it hasn't even happened yet. So it could be number one. Hammerstein, a building I never wrestled in. Uh, Mikey Whipwreck, who was my original trainer, brought me to the first one night stand. I watched it, you know, from the crowd. Uh, I was there that night. I never went to any, you know, true ECW shows there. I never got to wrestle there. So I'm super excited to wrestle there. Uh, and it's sold out. Like, this is a big, big deal. GCW has worked their ass off, uh, especially this year, to get to this moment. And, uh, man, all eyes are on us. So pressure's on, and I love the pressure. Matt, I know you never say never. And I don't remember if I asked you this question last time you were on. But because you were able to do, again, with your with with social media that you were able to do years ago with YouTube, if your phone rang, and the WWE said we want you back on Monday Night Raw, the Monday following the Hammerstein, are you listening to the conversation? Yeah, I definitely would listen. But I'll tell you right now, if one of those things where you can't do your podcast, I say thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, that that that'd be like a deal breaker. No way. Uh, if they were going to like just take away everything that I have built with Brian Myers, like something that we tried to do in WWE, the major wrestling podcast, they didn't want it. We pitched it to them. They, they, they didn't want, they didn't want podcasts. They didn't want anything with collectibles. Uh, I think they've since had a failing podcast network and they tried something with collectibles. Uh, but I, I've had so much fun with this and this is setting me up for life after wrestling where I would never sacrifice that. I don't care how much money they gave me. If they said you can't do your podcast anymore, I wouldn't do it. Well, I'll tell you what, the, all eyes are going to be on GCW Sunday night, um, available on pay-per-view, available on Fight TV, so make sure you check and it out. And pay-per-view, old-school pay-per-view, baby. Yeah, I mean, this I is, love it. 
This is awesome. I, I, you're a local call. cable provider. <laughs> uh, Matt Cardona going up against Joey Janela, Ruby Soho against Ali Catch. I mean, John Moxley against Homicide. Uh, the Briscoes, your GCW tag team champions, are going to be on the card. I mean, top to Jeff Jarrett against Effie. Uh, so this is a big show. Don't try to get a ticket because it's sold out. <laughs> but you can see it as as Matt said, old school pay per view. Also available on Fight TV. Matt, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. You guys, thanks. Take care. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Mary Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. Sirius XM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.